Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. August is almost over, and that means the Kind of Funny Patreon pledge drive is about to wrap up. If you love what we do, please know we couldn't do it without your support on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, and it would mean the world to us if you tossed us a sub, even if it was just for a month. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about the fact that Project Q is officially PlayStation Portal, and I got to play it. Plus, I tried out the new headset, earbuds, and this thing called PlayStation Link. We'll talk all about that and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Greg. That's Tim. And you can get this show on patreon.com slash kind of funny. There, you can watch us record it live, usually. Get it ad-free and get dozens of monthly episodes of exclusive content. If you have no bucks to toss our way, support us on the Epic Game Store, Fortnite, Rocket League, and more with the creator code kind of funny. You can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with ads and without the exclusive content on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe each and every week. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Jedi Master Deadpool, Delaney Twining, and Logan Delaney, the Delaney Brothers. Brother. Today, we're brought to you by BetterHelp, but let's start with a PSN message from you, Tim. Yes. Not only the rare Tim Getty's appearance on PSI Love You XOXO, the rare only Tim and Greg PSI Love You XOXO. Exactly. You know, I, it offends me that I don't get to be frequently on the show with the best intro song of all time. You're goddamn right. You know, and just gets the energy going. Everything's feeling good. Gets to talk about PlayStation with you. The PlayStation Portal. Very excited to talk about all of this. Portal. Not loving the name, but hey, what's in the name? What is it? If not name, love, persevering. That's one way to put what it. That's say? right. That's right. And we'll just jump right into it. Of course, mm-hmm. we are r- recording this in a time warp, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 182 of PSI Love You XOXO. However, we recorded it right after I went to PlayStation HQ and used all this new PlayStation tech. So we still haven't done episode 181. This is going up embargoed, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I want to jump in, though, for this special episode and start with a PSN message from you like we always do. Of course, you can write in for free on kindoffunny.com slash P-S-I-L-Y with your questions, topics of conversations, uh, your comments on the show, and, of course, your PSN message, your thought starters. Mr. Midas, a man we know well, well. uh, wrote in a long time ago, but I thought with us actually knowing information now about PlayStation Portal, we could talk about it, and said, does Project Q have a place in the household of the modern gamer? Tim, mm. I went to PlayStation. I got to play the PlayStation Portal. You didn't. Yes. So do you, I think it's a great way to launch the conversation that'll be tots, but do you think Project Q, now officially PlayStation Portal, makes sense in the modern gamer household? I do think that it makes sense but in a way that's not for everybody. And I think that that is understood and by design from PlayStation themselves. Uh, Even in the sense of talking about something like a PSVR 2, uh, PSVR 1 
even, of that kind of being a separate console for all intents and purposes, still requiring a PS5. But it reminds me a lot more of back in the day, a Sega CD, sure. uh, like, or an expansion to a console of allowing you to, or a Game Boy Color even to a Game Boy. Of, there will be exclusive games on this and experiences that can only happen there, but you're making that investment and it is trying to play new games differently. This is more a new way to play the games you're already playing. Sure. And I think that it is a luxury at the starting point, but then it also can kind of become a necessity for very specific groups of people. And that, a necessity is obviously a wild word to use, but I mean more of like... Of course, is, a, any, is any video game a necessity? Exactly, but it is a, a, a great option uh, uh, for a product for a lot of people out there for a market that I think is clearly growing when it comes to families that are playing games we talk about the nintendo switch so often about um or even back in the game boys or ds's or whatever where throughout nintendo's life cycle because of the type of games that they make families will tend to end up owning multiple switches throughout the life cycle yeah. multiple ds's whatever that is and i think a lot of that just comes down to the screens of it all right of being able to entertain multiple people in different ways yep um and with the advent of the wii u and the marketing around that being like so much put on you know you look at the switch uh, opening commercial and they're playing on the rooftops of and all course. that when you look at the wii u opening commercials and all of that it was really based on cool there's the fun interactivity between the touch screen and the the tv but then also your mom walks in the room she wants to watch law and order <laughs> she sits down on the couch you get to keep playing your game on on the wii right. u and I feel like that was ahead of its time in a way, but I think kind of began this new understanding of that is an option that people are looking for in video games. And with things like remote play and all that, um, it having happened way more frequently, it dated back to the PSP being able to, to figure out workarounds to get sure, games sure, playing, sure, sure. you know, but like for it to be something that is not a hack, but is actually an intended product, I think the world is more than ready for that type of thing if. The entry point is cheap enough if it just works the way it needs to, because it needs to just work. Sure. And so I think that, yeah, I want to take the question, does the Project Q have a place in the modern household of a gamer uh, and move it into topic of the show? Dots, 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 I tried as long as I could, Barrett. That's what I could give you. And talk about the fact that I went to PlayStation and I played the PlayStation Portal. Does Project Q now officially the PlayStation Portal have a place in the household of a modern gamer. I can talk about my household. And for me, the answer is unequivocally yes. You talked about if the price is right, all these different stuff. $199 is what they're setting this for, right? Which is, I think, to be expected. We had said on the show, right? Okay, or in all of our shows building up to it. Backbone, $99. Bucks. Then it was like, all right, this is adding in a screen. You know, 8-inch LCD. You're going to have this stuff. It's 60 frames a second or whatever. You're adding that on there. What do you, where do you go before this becomes outrageous? And what I've been saying on kind of funny games daily on PS, I love you just on the street. When anybody said, Hey, did you hear about project Q, Greg? I'm like, yeah. And what I'm going to say is it'd be awesome to hit 149. That would be incredible, but it would be incredible. So if you're going to go up to 199, and I think that's the ceiling to it, to have it be a thing. I'm happy uh, to report after my time with it. Um, I played Horizon, God of War, Astrobot, Returnal. I had an hour-long demo for all the tech that I'm going to talk about today. But I, you know, did uh, a bunch with PlayStation Portal. It's going to be a long time before I stop mm -hmm. seeing Project Q, just like the old days of Vita and, and GP. Um, and I started with that, played a good amount of it, then did the other stuff. Then I would I came back to it at the end to use it more. Uh, like 
this is a device legitimately designed for me. Uh, you know, if you listen to the shows, you are well aware that I remote play, I would say almost every night. Uh, to your point, right, of like, uh, to answering Mr. Midas's question, there are so many people that share screens and share uh, the living room, right? And for me and Jen, yeah, Diablo is this great game we can sit there and play together and just sink hour after hour after hour into. But that's a rare occasion. Usually Jen wants to watch something before she goes to bed early and I go downstairs to do something. And so remote play enters into that equation right there, where for me it is backbone, boom, pop out, the, put my phone in it, pop into the backbone, and I'm usually playing whatever we're reviewing or whatever I want to tinker with or whatever while she watches Grey's Anatomy because there's like 9,000 seasons. Um, last night, going home after running the demos uh, for these, it was so like heartbreaking. You know what I mean? To have touched it and held it and used it and then go back to a backbone. And I love my mm -hmm. backbone. I'm not talking shade, uh, taking shots at the backbone, but like I was so happy with the PlayStation portal. Like I cannot wait to actually get this in my house and start using it. So again, if you haven't seen it before there, I am holding it. Uh, eight inch screen, uh, 1080p LCD, uh, 60 frames a second. Uh, one of the things that they were, the first thing uh, that they wanted to call out for me with it was that it has all the sense, the dual sense features. So we have the gyro, we have the microphone in it that Mike hates and makes fun of all the time. We have haptics, we have the light bar. The only exception is that you don't have the player indicator light, which usually changes color based on what Got it. users are because you're remote playing. You're always going to be player number one. Yeah. So they're just like, that wasn't mm. even worth putting in there and stuff. Uh, the quote. Smart, save the battery. Yeah. yeah I mean, that was, of course, they give the entire presentation. My first question out of the gate was, you didn't mention battery. What is the battery life on this? And the answer was, we're not there yet. I, I want to stop you. Like, just let's do a quick rundown of what is the news here in terms of sure. are there dates for this thing? Are there prices, battery life, all of that? The price is one ninety nine. That is confirmed. That's what it's going to be, right? Uh, you're going to have uh, pre-order starting very soon, they say, which again, when we get these kind of demos, we're given a lot of information, not all of it. We're again, a week out from when this embargo will lift. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting that when they announce it, pre-orders might be there or they might already have a date for it or a store landing page or whatever, but pre-order soon and it is coming this year. This is coming alongside uh, the Pulse Explore wireless earbuds. So again, those the wireless earbuds they had shown you before are officially called the Pulse Explore earbuds. Those are doing the exact same thing. So pre-orders for uh, PlayStation Portal and the Pulse ear Explore earbuds go up the same day, and they will launch on the same day as well. Gamescom. Exactly. This is Gamescom information. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So probably at some point during Keeley's show, there will be a fancy commercial for PlayStation Portal and these things pre-order now with a date. Yeah, but like, unless our calendar is wrong, this embargo doesn't line up with Keeley's live show. Mm. So I think they're getting out in front of it, and then maybe during it, yeah, there'll be a fancy commercial for it, or the commercial they just debuted or whatever. Got it. Okay. We're, we're seeing what that is or whatever. Uh, the wireless earbuds, right? We're going to talk about them, I think, more. They're also $199. So they're 200 bucks on their own. Premium product. PlayStation's been leaning more into that. When you look at the just price. Sorry, continuing. No, no, no. I, I, no, I like that. Uh, I, it's, it's, so again, there's the four things I played, right, which are used. PlayStation Portal, the uh, Project Q, the remote device, uh, Pulse Explore wireless earbuds, the wireless ones we've seen there. Then also the Pulse Elite headset. They're doing a brand new uh, headset, right? And I, I use both at my desk at work and then at home, the PlayStation 5, oh, yeah, 3D, the Pulse headset or whatever. Uh, this one, the new Pulse Elite headset, 149, 90, 149, they said one, I'm sure it's 99, but 149, uh, $149 for this one, right? Wait, really? So the Cheaper the than the wireless earbuds. 
Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one, the changes here for if you're a, a Pulse headset user already is you now have a physical mic that you put, you can put, you pull out. You can leave it back if you want to, but you pull it out. You can tap on the mic to turn it, you know, mute it, unmute it. Um, also, they've removed uh, physical buttons for balancing between game and chat audio. That'll strictly be done through the uh, the PlayStation Live Center, Live Control Center on your system, which I've noticed they've added, and which for me personally is great because even using these headsets, both at work and at home, I fuck it up every a time. A few of too which, many buttons. Which one am I touching? What am I getting to? I'm a big physical button person when it comes to, to tech, especially in the yeah. audio space. But yeah, I, it, there is that balance of like, this is just simply too much of like the muscle memory of no matter how often yep. you use it, you still kind of don't remember exactly where the And this, button that's the thing is. now, you know, again, mute for the mic is now on the microphone itself. You have the buttons here for volume up and down. And there's one for the... Uh, uh, PlayStation Link, which we'll talk about in a second, but that's there. Ah, see, that's where the bullshit is. But it's one button, and it's tiny. You uh, won't, yeah. you're not going to get confused on which one you're hitting on. Yeah, that one, I don't think we'll see. Obviously, uh, the headsets are uh, the headset is using the AI noise reduction, an AI noise reduction thing to isolate your voice and block everything else. They tested it and showed it to me with uh, doing it with just off the microphone of a uh, iPhone or whatever, and then scrunching up like a Sun Chips bag, and then putting it on through the headset and scrunching up. A, and you could barely hear the Sun Chips bag. You could hear the person fine. Um. Yeah, the chat balance is there. Blah, blah. Oh, they've reworked the uh, headband for the headset too, so it's carrying more weight. It doesn't feel like as pre there's not as much pressure on your head, which I did feel on all of mine. Really? I do eventually. I do have to move them around a bit because they start to wear down on my giant ass head. That's headsets in general, I would yeah. say. Like, but I, I, I'm I've always been very impressed with the the Pulse 3D headset. Yeah. Uh, I feel being a little bit more lightweight. Like, I I find myself sometimes using that when I don't need the best audio experience ever, just where I'm like, I'm, I'm just looking for comfort here. That's usually my go-to. And so then uh, they redid the cups too. Uh, usually the, for me, the 3D headset sits on my ears. These ones completely cup around my ear. So I don't have to worry about that. It sounded richer to me. I, I think that's part of what they're going for. Of course, uh, the thing they kept talking about, this is for both. They, they're, PlayStation link is what we'll get to in a second, which covers the tech in both these. Again, this, the, microphone isolating AI technology, right? And then also, this is so out of my wheelhouse, but not using paper cone drivers, using planar magnetic drivers. They had this thing that just show me that were the flat sheets of metal that would make you hear everything from bass to mid-range to highs better. All it's, Greek to me, but you understand. It's important stuff. I mean, okay. it, that's where you, when you're getting into the, the more premium auto, audiophile side yeah. of, of headsets and headphones. And that's, it's, I, like, for me, being the type of tech enthusiast I am, that's a standard. That's a requirement for sure. something that I'm going to consider an actual quality audio product. And it sounded great. Again, I use them all the time. And this one I did, when I was playing Ragnarok, I was like, damn. This sounds better. I am getting more, I feel, out of it, it. It helps a lot with just the sound stage overall of like like how um not just immersive, but how the placement of audio of yeah. where you are in the 3D space. And it works in conjunction with a lot of the AI noise canceling and all that stuff yeah, that yeah. we're talking about. But then also um with the um the different 3D profiles, the Tempest audio and all the stuff that Mark Cerny is always pushing, and now the Dolby Atmos um I the I'm blanking on the word right now, but like the fact that it could be used now on in PlayStation games, which is huge, kind of like as a wrapper, where yeah. it's like this 3D tech being used with another 3D tech, but not getting away from it, not compressing the audio at all. These are still wireless headphones, so there's still going to be a lot of those issues, but I like that steps are being made and that things are working together to hopefully create a premium experience. Maybe not the most premium, but using enough of the things in tandem and maybe that's what the PlayStation link stuff yeah. is where it's like, all right, cool. For the majority of people, this is going to be a fantastic experience. And oh. that, that is what they're moving for with PlayStation link. PlayStation link is the tech that's connecting 
the audio to your PlayStation 5 to the Project Q is what I want to call it. PlayStation Portal, et cetera, et cetera. And so, again, back, so PlayStation Link is including all this AI noise-canceling stuff, right? It's including the magnetic, pl- or the magnetic plates that do whatever sound, right? But where it starts getting interesting is, like, they were talking about this is the continuation of their their what do they call it commitment to low latency lossless audio right yeah and so the idea here where that all the stuff i just said was greek to me right the tech side of it but as somebody who uses all this this is where it got exciting when they talked about use scenarios so the wireless earbuds and the headset use a dongle for your playstation 5 for your pc right uh the idea here with the playstation link though deal is that the dongle can have multiple headsets connected to it so you can have one dongle in and then have both your headset and your earbuds if you wanted link to it right so that's all set to go then it gets exciting that you can pull away from that right you can do the multiple devices the headsets can compare to or compare to multiple dongles so again, like right now you have them on two, but you can have one, you know, you, you're leaving your head, you're taking your headset from one setup to another, hitting the button. This works, it worked really well for the portal, right? The PlayStation portal, yes. where there's a button on that, no dongle needed for it. Of course, you're connected to that. You're doing that. And then of course, when Jen goes to bed, right, I can turn off, go downstairs, hit the dongle button and be connected immediately. I don't have to do a pair. I don't have to do a thing. I have to, do I have to get back to my PS5. And I think this is what we're talking about here. Like going back to Midas's question of like, uh, is, uh, is there a place in the household of the modern gamer? I feel like what is a modern gamer? Is a modern gamer just somebody that has a console or is a modern gamer closer to what we used to call an enthusiast, right? I, and I feel like with the way that we're talking about stuff, the way we're seeing the numbers of game sales and new genres popping up or old genres popping off, like yeah. all of that, I feel like what a modern gamer is, is different. And be, that's not just because people are playing more games than ever and more people are playing games and all of that. It's also just because of where tech is at, where back in the day, if you wanted an HD experience, you needed to buy these special cables. You needed this and that, whatever. Now, like all... We're almost at the point that we're outpacing marketing terms. You know, sure. PlayStation 5 has 8K on the box. We, we're not fucking at 8K. Like, if you're buying an 8K TV, you're spending $30,000 and you're wasting your money, yeah. right? But I feel like the, the, the marketing, and we've seen this with the, the smart war, smartphone war of uh, Android and iPhone going back and forth year after year to the point that they're even competing with themselves of, like, what features are we going to hold back because... We've kind of already given every, everyone has an expectation that the phone they have is just going to work and it's going to work great and it's going to charge faster than before and look better than before and be faster than before. The expectations people have of it just working yeah. are higher than ever and the ecosystem working together, it's an expectation, not a feature. And I think that that is the, the biggest thing of this being a product that is being marketed to the Greg Millers of the world. It is. And yeah. it needs to work in the way that a Greg Miller would work, which means you have a PS5 and you have a portal, and you have this headset. And I have you, a PC that I'm putting in. I, I run my Mac audio usually off of it at my desk. You need these things to be able to hand off really, really clean and nice because that is the expectation. That is not something that like, oh, it's cool and it, it works and that, that blows me away. It's like, no, no, no. If it doesn't work, what's the point of these products being at the price point that they are? And so then another thing, again, I, I, to your point of like the Greg Millers of the world, they're the ones that take it out of the box and just want it to work, just want it to do mm-hmm. what they want it to do. I know there's other headsets and workarounds that could do this, but they weren't the official play, plug-and-play PlayStation. The other thing is that both of these products, of course, do support Bluetooth. So you can pair them that way. But more importantly, they support simultaneous uh, pairing. Yeah. So it can be that I have the dongle on my PlayStation 5, and I'm listening to the game, and I have it paired to my phone so that when there's a load screen, I pull it up, and I scroll through TikTok, I'm hearing TikTok on there. Or if I want to make a call on my phone and still play the game and hear the game, I can do that. Or you know, use Discord on my thing. or you know, The list goes on of 
being paired to something else at the same time as being paired to the PlayStation. You use the Bluetooth connection for whatever you want it to be, and then you use the PlayStation dongle connection for that. That's, for me, a huge deal of, like, the amount of times I've tried to go and play with Mike or something, and I need to do something for Discord. This is before they paired it all up. But, you know, still, this is, I've take a phone call and be able to play it. Yeah, 100%. Not have to pop my headset off and put on my my AirPods for my phone or whatever. I'm stoked about that. So, um, you've been talking a lot about PlayStation Link. What is it? Is it an app? It's, it's the, no, it's just this new thing. There's it's a just play, the brand. There's a place to, exactly. It's how they're c- c- containing all this tech right here. It is the dong. They're selling the dongles by themselves too. So if you want more for different devices, you can go in and do it so that you can have like the system. They talked very, you know, frankly about this is what it is right now. You know, hopefully as they get technology moves and everything changes, we can be done with dongles one day. Like they're on that move. But no, it's just this idea of linking all the devices together for audio. And again, having on your headset the link button, right? So that it's a single tap of, you know, you tap that. I forget which order it is, but you tap that and then you tap the dongle or whatever. So you switch off to that if you're moving to something else or tap them however. You know, again, your uh, uh, PlayStation Portal has the link button that you tap on and go there. And you're doing that thing back there. Like... Can we keep talking about the headsets a bit before? Sure, I, I want to get back. I want to get back to Portal. The Portal's the chunk of this, yeah. right? But I, I feel like I don't know how much more we have to say about the headset. Sure. Looking at it, I'm I'm kind of interested in this uh, the 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 headset elite that you're talking about here. Sure. Hundred fifty dollar price point. Yeah. Uh, it, Is that all, good or bad for audiophiles? It it kind of feels like a um, I don't want to say no man's land, but like that's not what I would have expected at all. I it, I would much more have thought PlayStation would put out a three hundred three fifty dollar. Uh, one because the dual sense um what's like I, I just had the name of it whatever the the pulse the oh, pulse the pulse 3d that's 99 i i'm pretty sure right that's about right yeah. so the jump from 100 to 150 doesn't instill confidence in me that it is that much better and amazon's I, got it for 100 bucks yeah for yeah. some reason walmart's listed at 150 but that must be like a resale thing i guess hmm yeah, and I'm pretty hundred sure. bucks on Amazon. I think I think it was a hundred dollar MSRP on that, and it's it's a pretty quality product overall. I, I feel like it does like exactly saying, for the most part. It does what I want. It's a little too tight on my ears, hurts my head after a while, but it's but it does uh, do the 3D Tempest audio stuff very yeah. well. Um, as do nicer headphones too. But like I feel like that hundred dollar price point, like that to me, I feel like is a good way for people to get good enough if not great quality sound coming from their playstation for the most part i have a lot of issues with it i feel like um oftentimes the connection the latency and stuff does get in the way and there's a lot of the crinkle there's a lot of the the staticky the stuff that'll come on like cracky breakout stuff um and you know that that just comes with the territory of wireless and um proprietary type things that they're, they're going here um, but in a world where, a you know, world. Uh, we're talking about on the premium tech side of these things, which it sounds like they're trying to position a lot of this PlayStation Link stuff, um, the, the headphones that are like the, the standard of, to a, a certain point, money's not an option. Again, I'm not talking about the $30,000 8K TVs. I'm talking about the $3,000 TVs, sure. which is, it is definitely the higher end. It is a prosumer type product, but... It is kind of the the standard of quality you can expect without wasting your money. You know, most people are going to get TVs that are a thousand dollars or less, and you're going to get a great experience at this point. And there's going to be a lot of good things that can be applied to the the headphone side of things. Where in terms of gaming headsets, headsets, headsets that are marketed for video game usage. Sure. At the end of the day, actual high quality just headphones that aren't talking about video games at all. They're going to be better, but they're also potentially going to be a lot more money. And sure. You're going to have to find workarounds to get a mic working, to get it to connected. Is it wireless? Is it not? So many different factors at play there. 
But in terms of gaming headphones, Odyssey is the gold standard. A-U-D-E-Z-E. They have $900 headphones, the LCD GX. Unrivaled in terms of gaming headphones. They are fantastic. The soundstage is going to blow your mind. But $900? Yeah. No one's buying that. And if you are, you're a very, very specific person that wants that. But then they have their um, the Mobius 3D, which I would say are the more, hey, man, it's the high end. Like, it's the $3,000 TV level type thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. $400, the Mobius 3D audio gaming headphone. And th- that is the gold standard for premium. You go down a little bit more from that, Steel Series. The Arctic oh, yeah, I know Series, the, the Arctis Nova Pro is the new one, $279.99. $280. And like you were getting the, I'm looking at the website now, it's the awarded left yeah, and right yeah, yeah, from yeah. websites. Like this is, I would say, the most mainstream of the, 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 the high profile. We're putting all into this, like, you want a better audio experience and it's worth spending money to you. That's what this is. When you get into this $150 level on top of $100, I start to question, is this just a replacement for that? Is, as opposed to a giant step up. You know, and it, that's not necessarily so a So you mean a replacement thing. for the Pulse 3D? Yeah. I guarantee it is. Yeah. I th- so, yeah, this is, the Pulse Elite headset, I think, is going to come in and be the new de facto, this is the PlayStation headset. And so in that sense... I don't know, without having heard it or anything, yeah. I don't know if that's a move that I think is that great because I do think the power of the Pulse is it's $100, and yeah. it is really good for being $100. I don't know that that $50 jump up to 150 which to me I do think when for what we're talking about, is a size enough, size enough, of, a, size enough, enough. of a jump that you might want to save up a bit more and get something that is going to do all those things extremely well. And it's a, it's a bigger jump, but it's a mind space thing of like what you're trying to get out of this. The earbuds though. Yeah. $200. Yeah. Oh, they're saying something there. Yeah. yeah, They're really saying, did you get to use those? I did. Yeah. They were also fantastic. You know what I mean? It was to the point that I put them in and then somebody tried to talk to me. So I had to pop one out. You know what I mean? Like it was that deafening. I was doing the thing. I was getting the same, uh, I would say quality of the elite headset, but in that, you know what I mean? But it was, yeah. Earbuds on my ears. You put them in, you turned them up. I felt like a flash, which I liked, you know what I mean? Because you turned them like literally up. Uh, Had a little carrying case that Barrett showed earlier that was there. A little charging case for it. Like, yeah, they were dope. They were, they seemed fine. They seemed like earbuds. So what's interesting about the, the heads, uh, earbuds. See that right in the center is that PlayStation link button I was talking about. Gotcha. Cool. 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 Uh, On the earbud side of things there, we, the industry's uh, have seen such a huge advancement in the tech there yeah. where it's almost standard at this point. Like you're, you're very rarely if ever seeing people now with uh, wired earbuds, sure. right? Walking down the streets like AirPods and um, all the, the Google side of them as well have really kind of upped the game there and, um, and, and beats and all that stuff. So even if it's like, they're not like the highest quality, some of them, it's like you get away with stuff where like, I, I'm pretty wild by the, I have AirPods uh, Pro Max. I am such an audiophile. I want to pay them more money. I'll save up money to get the nicest thing just because I know it's the nicest thing. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed with the majority of wireless earbuds that I use these days where I'm like, dang, the low end being like a 6.5, 7 out of 10 sound wise on the audiophile scale. That surprises the hell out of me for the price points compared to how things used to be sure. back in the day. Sure. And it's because of what you're talking about, the the, the planar uh, magnetic stuff. Like All of these things really add up to an experience that's like, hey, man, that might not be the best things ever, but the standard of them is high enough that's like, these are, these are good. Um, so and in a weird way, too, because of how the PlayStation specifically works with um, like the audio being wireless, being wired, all of that, nothing's ever going to beat a wired um, Sure. Setup. 
I mean, for now, <laughs> maybe, maybe in the future it yeah. will. Um, but the tech of the Bluetooth and the, the um, I think it was Bluetooth 6, um, in terms of audio, in terms of it, actually, it's being lossless, like wireless lossless, and that's not a lie, is incredibly impressive for the quality that it can get across. You're still de dealing with latency. You're dealing with potential of uh, interference and things like that. Um, but it is so much higher than even taking a wired headphones, nice wired headphones. You're still plugging them into your DualSense, which is still wireless. There's steps that yep. you're causing problems, yeah. right? Yeah. So in a weird way, um, without crazy-ass dumb tech workarounds, that your boy does, but I don't expect anyone else to do, you're not getting, even with the nicest wired headphones, it's still wireless because it's connected to a controller, yeah. unless you connect it to a receiver and all the stuff, yep, and yep, the yep, wire yep, across yep. the room, all that stuff. I'm saying a lot of stuff here, but my point is, I'm actually, like this being at that $200 level, yeah. I think there's potential that that is going to be a very premium product for PlayStation and for a great audio experience for enthusiast audio PlayStation gamers. For sure, yeah. For me, there were wireless earbuds, and I like the headset better, but whatever. <laughs> I'm glad you're stoked about them. And again, like, I like them. There's, for me, the least exciting product I saw. Yeah. Which, of, with, of course, PlayStation Portal being at the top of it. And MB2, even then, it's like, I, I'm not going to be playing video games with wireless earbuds. That's yeah. not my lifestyle at all. Um, I would want over years and all that. But um, I just think it's interesting when you look at the price points of some of these things now to segue back to Project Q, the artist formerly known as Project Q, yeah. Project Portal, PlayStation Portal. Um, the price point of these PlayStation products they're putting out right now, where we have the $100 uh, Pulse, $150 uh, Elite, we have the $200 earphones, DualSense is $70. You can often get it on sale, but at MSRP, yeah, yeah. 70 bucks. DualSense Edge, $200, right? Yeah. So there is a separation there of like where things are falling. For the um, PlayStation, Portal. PlayStation Portal to come out at 150 sorry, 200 no one, one yeah 199 199 200 200 200 i don't want to call that the sweet spot i think that is the highest end that they can get away with without it being like are y'all fucking serious for what this is i agree i agree i think that i i would imagine this is very much the proof is in the pudding i used it at playstation apparently on the company wi-fi you know what i mean so i don't know you know not that i'm thinking they brought in a crazy ass router to make me do it or whatever I was so happy with the fidelity. And again, I'm not even exaggerating that I'm usually using remote play every night, whether it be my backbone or my steam deck, as I've said on the show, uh, you know, I feel like I get more little hiccups on my backbone using my iPhone because I imagine my iPhone does more things. Steam deck. Of course I'm using the backwards, you know, desktop mode and doing the, th you're, you're making it do something that's not just playing a steam game, but I usually have a great experience on that, except that I don't like the screen as much. Uh, this was like, everything i would want out of a remote play device right it ran flawlessly i think maybe an astro brought there was a couple things where like oh there's supposed to be an effect here but i think we've skipped the frame or whatever like we jumped mm. something but it wasn't like it wasn't a freeze frame it was just like oh like he jumped and blew something up but i thought there was usually an effect there and again i'm not the biggest astrobot guy i didn't notice anything in eternal i didn't notice anything in god of war stuff like that um but in terms of how good that eight inch screen looks like i know you want oled i know you would love oled but like to have it there and be looking at this 1080p LCD screen, I was like, damn, it's gorgeous. Like the colors are great. And I'm playing a game redacted for review that I've been doing a lot of remote play on. And what I've been saying is when I play it, on, it's, I love the game either on remote play or on my, my uh, PlayStation 5, right? 
But when I go downstairs after a couple hours of a remote play and put it on the screen, it's like, fuck, there's so much detail and so much stuff I was missing here playing it on that. And I feel like this is such a nice sweet spot in between of like, it is, oh, I'm seeing the detail in these games. This feels like I'm, I'm playing on a screen that's larger, not as large as my iPad or something if I really wanted to get nutty and have... But then would I want to sit next to Jen with uh, Cole next to us and an iPad and a dual sense and yada, yada, yada. Um, I thought the experience was great. Uh, again, I is not too heavy. It, it is as heavier than a dual sense, which makes sense, obviously, because there's a screen in the center of it right now. Right. Uh, and as I was telling you uh, off camera, right, like I didn't I did the test on it. I played on it. I leaned back a little bit to try to get it up in the air. Of course, these are, you know, 30 minutes that I probably played, maybe 40 minutes total of me playing on this, right? Uh, so it's not like I got the best and biggest session out of it. But when I put it down, it was more the haptics that like, my hands weren't tired, but they, it was like, oh, like when you put down, not pins and needles, but, you know, like you've been getting rocked. Like, oh, man, like all the stuff that's in a dual sense was there. And I think the form factor spreading it out more made it feel a little bit different in my hands than what I'm used to with a dual sense on top of it, right? Yeah. Um, but it felt good. Like it, it, it definitely was that thing of like, I couldn't wait. I can't wait to have it at home for this experience. Yeah. And so like questions I had as a nerd about it, right? I asked about the battery, not finalized. Don't know. Pre-orders soon out this year, which we know, right? One of the things I asked was, is there a case for it? You know what I mean? This is one of the things of like the backbone obviously is amazing of pop it on, you pop it off, you put it in your pocket, you toss it in your bag, you're off to the races and what it is. And this is, you know, they were very talkative of like, listen, we're pitching. This as a home device. It's, it's meant to be played. And the, the, the use cases they had mm -hmm. were, you're playing something and somebody comes in and wants to watch on the screen. Okay. Are you playing something you don't want them to see and get scared? Do you have kids? Yeah. Okay. All these different reasons. They, they were like, you could take it anywhere you want, but they weren't pushing the hotel PlayStation portable way of it. Right. They were very much talking about it as a portal, which they were very clear, right? They're like a little window into your PS five. That's not like the tagline. It's just what they said. And I wrote down cause I thought that made sense. But obviously for me, obviously with a near two year old running around, like I don't want Ben just grabbing this and smashing it. I was like, does it come with a case? They're like, no, no case at launch. We are working with uh, our third-party partners to yeah. come up with cases and do stuff like that. So, you know, SF Bags will have one eventually. But Totally. And, yeah. and that makes sense. I That actually uh, instills a little more confidence in me, too, about this, where I do think that, like, marketing it correctly for what it is, not what people think it is, yeah. is important because, like, yeah, people run away with, like, oh, man, like, it's just remote play, whatever. It's again, well, the point of this is the couches, the, hey – my system's downstairs. I'm upstairs. Yep. It's convenience. You're paying for convenience. Not everyone's going to do that because it doesn't make sense financially. 100%. But if it does, we're like, you know what? It's worth $200 for me to not have to go up and down the stairs four well, times, whatever it is. And, 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 and again, it's going to be your use case scenario for it. The, the, you know, the big thing I have, I have a couple questions again that I pulled from other stuff, right? Uh, from other shows. Uh, Marty had written in a while ago to PSI Love You on kindoffunny.com slash P-S-I-L-Y and said, do, do you bet that Project Q will be more liked than PSVR 2? I think it will be. After playing it 1,000%. I think you can't, if you are at all interested in remote play, I don't think you can play it and not be like, oh, wow, this is cool. So and like to my point, sorry, just one thing, what I want to do is and why I brought this question up, right, is when we... We're talking about VR2 in the lead up to it and then reviewing it and then the after fact of it, right? This is one that I've been very clear and in, in, in very straight on, right? Of like, I would not buy PlayStation VR2. I did not want to buy a PlayStation VR2. They did not prove to me that I need to own one. I'm glad I didn't spend my own money on it, right? Um, and this is a Greg Miller use case. Maybe you love PSVR2 and you're playing whatever and more power to you. I'm taking away from it. I, if if they weren't going to send review, review units for a PlayStation portal, I would happily hand over the money. 
happily hand over the money because I can already see where this is going to go on the bookshelf upstairs with its hopefully little charging stand from whatever third-party partner mm-hmm. or just a loose USB-C cable to go into it, right? But it's going to be there on the bookshelf so that when, yeah, I want to play something next to Jen or, yeah, I want to go in, in bed and lay down and play something I can rather than go downstairs. And, you know, I think it's important to bring up, like, not just PSVR 2 because I know that, like, that's a, a contentious topic in some ways here, but even going back to, like, the the PS, uh, I forget exactly what they called it, but the Vita View or Vita TV. Oh, Vita TV, yeah, Vita TV. Was. Yeah. PlayStation TV is what they call PlayStation TV, yeah. Where you could play Vita games on the TV. And it was like, that's interesting because it's like giving the Vita enthusiasts out there, the Greg Millers of the world, another way to play their games. It's like, oh, right, cool, if you want this, you can do it. But yeah. also, it was another entry point for people to be able to play Vita games that didn't own a Vita, right? Yeah. So it's like, I feel like that PSVR, new games, new experiences, whereas this is way more, you either have a use case for this or you don't. And if you have a use case, does it work? For that use case and i feel like that's where the big quality of it comes in and like is it worth the money and all of that where i can say for uh the nintendo switch is portable right yeah you take it with you i could play upstairs downstairs all that stuff i end up buying a second dock for upstairs just so the times i want to play on my bedroom tv i can do that sure it was totally worth the 60 dollars for the convenience of being able to do that when i want to and every single time i do it i think man that was money well spent yeah, for and sure. like that's for sure. That's cool. I imagine for people that are interested in this, if it works the way it should, like the Switch does, great. That's awesome. You talking about the sweet spot of the screen size? I'm so interested. Of course, I want OLED. I'm not even going to bitch about that. You guys get it. Yeah, a 1080p LCD screen that could be awesome too if the colors are right and 60 frames per second or um, the refresh rate. Uh, the, yeah, the hertz. Um, that's. I mean, I'd rather 120, obviously, especially for something small like that. But whatever, cool. I get that. Um, more than good enough if if it looks good it's all it depends on the quality of the screen all those numbers aren't equal like you can see a 1080p 60 hertz screen that looks like shit compared to another one that looks fantastic with color space with dead pixels with all that stuff eight inches is i think as big as you can get for something that's handheld the switch i don't know off the top of my head but uh with the switch oled you're getting i think like seven inches of screen real estate something okay. like that um and that's already like yo this is a sizable screen to your point about the ipads like sure you could play on a seven. 11 seven seven inch yeah so you can play on a a, a nine inch ipad or a uh 12.9 or whatever it is for the, the the biggest one yeah that's a different experience though that's more of like a you put it down and then you're playing with the controller cool that's awesome and i'm sure that'd be fantastic for it's probably best case scenario for uh playstation remote play have an actual dual sense on that big ass beautiful uh OLED screen yeah uh with the processor and all the power of an ipad um but i feel like in terms of what this product is trying to be which is that couch actual handheld portable thing i'm so excited about getting my hands on an eight inch one with real controllers with real buttons and like you said love the backbone still has those tiny controller or tiny buttons that makes it feel like this is more than usable yeah i mean for me it's always the fact that like just having a playstation portal in my hand and having a dedicated playstation button backbone has it and they've updated it since where you can hold down you know the backbone button to bring up the playstation stuff but the amount of times i don't hold it long enough and i get kicked back to the backbone screen which then disconnects me from a remote play so i have to reconnect to remote play it's like that's a minor annoyance but it's what we're talking about of convenience and why would i buy this thing right like I'm using this enough that I have little minor gripes like that, that I would much rather it be that I don't like when I hit the, what I think is going to be the share button on backbone, but it's the proprietary backbone. Yep. Share. I'm like, I'm never going to do it this way. Don't make me do this. Like 
this is what this device is doing. And again, it feels like you're holding a dual sense, right? Like I ha it's, it literally is a dual sense with a screen shoved in the center of it. So it's right there and it feels like, okay, cool. It's already at home. It already feels normal. So one thing, one, one thing before we get too far off of it, this is another thing they said. Now, granted, you know, I'm talking to, I think you, I uh, forget a, a, a VP. I want to say is what his official title was on whatever PlayStation product marketing kind of thing or whatever. Or development might be because he knew all about it. Anyways, though, it was uh, the conversation that the eight inch screen again, right, was to what you're talking about. They were like, for having a TV in front of you on a wall, right, we feel this is as close as you can get to that with the, the, the distance, right? That this should feel like you're looking at your wall TV, except it's not all the way out there. It's here in your hand. And dude, I, I can't even imagine like eight inches, that one inch bigger than the Switch. And I already really love the Switch for, for, I mean, the Switch is great. Yeah. Seven inches is awesome. But you're talking about the backbone. You have yeah. the big dog uh, iPhone, right? No, I went, I went down a size. Oh, you even had a generation. smaller one, right? Yeah, yeah. I have the big one. And like, even that, like when I have tried uh, remote play, it's OLED. I love this. Yeah. Beautiful screen, all that stuff. But it's like, oh, yeah, no, this is a little tiny. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Eight yeah. inches gives you that room to, to breathe with it, uh, especially with the aspect ratio being off on the, the iPhones or smartphones anyways. Like, this seems like a very, very, like, dialed-in product for the actual use case of PlayStation gamers on a couch doing this. My question for you, you brought up the weight, which I am always a, a stickler for. It needs to feel right. The right amount of heft can't be too light. We all remember the six axis. Oh, uh, God, don't PS3, bring it up. Which was just like, man, it what just is this it, toy. It didn't feel right. And uh, then you get the I love the weight of the DualSense Edge. It's so yeah, yeah. heavy, but it feels premium. Yeah. Um, more important than weight, though, is balance. And I feel like the um, a, a big problem I have and you guys that have been watching games daily know I've been on this like endless journey to find the perfect Joy-Con uh, replacement. <laughs> yes, you have, yeah. And um, I think a big problem is a lot of the time, even the nicer, um, like fully sized, like essentially cut a pro controller in half and put it on the edges. Yeah. They're too light or too heavy in ways that on attached to the, the, that, the Switch screen, the balance of holding it is off. So it just doesn't feel right because all of a sudden what, what would have been you know, holding your thumbs like a couple inches away from each other are now eight plus inches away from each other. How did it feel for you in terms of like, can you imagine laying in bed playing with this thing? You've, you've had a Steam Deck for a year now. Yeah. And like you've, you've used that, which is a very similar type of um, experience, but it being a full feature dual sense, holding it with the screen in between, does that feel weird or does it feel balanced? It, fe it felt balanced. Again, I reserve the right to change my uh, mind when I get it and I have actual time on it. Actually, at my house, I'm running a review on it or whatever. Uh, for this experience, it did feel balanced. Like I said, I moved around. I tried to get a feel for it. And I, didn't, I, I thought it had the right heft. It feels heavier, but not heavy. I will be fascinated when, you know, of course, uh, PS I Love You co-host Janet Garcia gets it, right? Because Janet's always talking about how big the Steam Deck feels for her and all these different things. I think that, like, the more I've used my Steam Deck, the more I don't like the feel of the Steam Deck. Like, I don't like the buttons, I don't like the stick position, and I do feel like it's too heavy, right? This one, I didn't feel like that. Granted, you're talking about being way in the weeds with Steam Deck versus uh, first blush. I got to try this thing in, in a very controlled environment. There is no final weight. It's another thing. They're like, we're still you know, working on. We're not announcing that right now. Uh, but no, I thought it was balanced. I, I didn't walk away being. It, it felt like the way I wanted it to feel, if that makes sense. So, okay, let's take a step back here. And I want to ask you about the experience of actually playing it. Because sure. uh, and, and some of this, I, I'm going to ask some ignorant questions just for people that don't know ignorant. how remote play works. Because sure. this is purely a remote play product, right? Right. So you can't just turn it on and use it unless what's happening with your PS5? So uh, 
they didn't walk me through that, but this was one of my questions. And where I actually started the question was very recently, and we've talked about it on Games Daily, I think we talked about it on PSLV as well, a video quote unquote leaked of uh, Project Q running an Android iOS, and, or is that a, a OS? OS, right? So I'm an iOS boy. Running an Android OS and people clicking around in the thing and doing all this, right, all these different things. And that led to a lot of, okay, so it's using Android iOS or Android OS. That means it could hopefully do other things and blah, blah, blah. I asked point blank. I've seen this video. This is what it was. And the uh, person I was with was very clear of like, I haven't seen that video, full disclosure. Um, but this is designed just for this. We are running on Android, but you're not getting to a screen that is like pick and choose what you want to do. Like you are launching into, and I, I thought I had it. In, I thought it quotes, but I don't here. Let me see if I have it. I wrote down the exact wording they call, talked about it, right? Um, where it was, I think it's at the bottom of this note page. A very different but familiar. So hmm. your launch, you're going to turn it on and it's going to be a different screen for PlayStation, but it's going to feel familiar. Uh, it wasn't ready for prime time, so I didn't get to see it. Uh, but the idea would be from what I understand, from what I know of remote play and what your, t- for what your question is, right? I'm theoretic theorizing because I don't know and didn't see it, but you would for the first time, get this, turn it on and it's going to ask you to log into PSN and then it's going to want you just to sync it with your PlayStation five. And then you should be off to the races and fine with it from there on out. So like it should be, you should be fine. If you haven't already synced remote, turned on remote play on your PlayStation five and set a device for it. You turn it on the settings on PS five are set. It's linked to the, the PlayStation portal. I assume that you would PlayStation tar- have to be in rest mode. Yes. Okay. That's how remote so play if the works, PlayStation's yeah. off. You can't do it. Correct. Yeah. You have to be in the orange light rest mode to turn it on. I can't uh, remote play. Can't start from a dead stop. And I don't see them. This again is what current remote play is. I doubt they're changing that for this. So then what is the process? Then you have PlayStation portal and it loads up and does it after whatever the, the fancy startup splash screen or whatever. It looks like a PS five, mm-hmm. right? Well, it'll are, be a PS five. You're just controlling your PS five. Yeah. And then is it literally, it's just a PS5 that's on your thing and it's just being streamed and you can go to any game you want and you just click X and 100%. it loads up. Your PlayStation 5 is on that screen. Your screen has become your TV and your DualSense is the, the PlayStation portal you're holding. This is a portal to your PlayStation 5. And that's and how remote works Wi-Fi. already. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It supports uh, it, it, Wi-Fi in general. It supports 5 gig Wi-Fi or 5G Wi-Fi or whatever, 5 gig Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, 5 gig Wi-Fi is what I wrote. But again, that's a tech thing Greg doesn't understand. Yeah. Again, I'm just asking you a lot of questions here just because I feel like a lot of people have heard remote play, but don't exactly I mean, understand. My, so to start, to stop and start the whole thing, right? If you haven't used remote play and you're listening to PSI Love UXOXO, download the remote play app from PlayStation right now on your phone and go try it. Cause it's that simple, right? And again, like that would give you a sense of what we're talking about. Like the, you know, the amount of times that I don't have my backbone, but I want to get log in and I want to do something simple, right? I love, like, it's going to work just like this, right? Where it, I'm, yeah, you can see it here. And I should probably put myself in DND because this is where Jen's going to hit me and be like, do you like, having sex and i'm like i do like, I like having sex, sex. I, I like sex, sex so a lot much. maybe uh but you know you, th- since it's already been linked to my ps5 and it knows what it is there's my greggy ps5 and it's got other connections where i could turn it on and go to my work ps5 if i wanted to right uh, or start a new one right because you mm-hmm. have to connect to it the you know, first time but you click on it right and then it's like through the power of the internet and wi-fi now it's pinging up to hit my ps5 to turn it on and then this screen becomes my playstation 5 so if you're at your house yeah. and you're on wi-fi let's say you have gigabit up down internet Fantastic internet. It's all great. Internet shouldn't be a problem. Things should just work at the, the, the peak of what expectations are for internet usage. Yeah. Your PlayStation's connected, wired connection. Cool. It has that. You're in the same house. You're wireless, obviously, because it's the PlayStation portal. It should be able to just work. Yeah. Now, what if you took your PlayStation portal to a hotel? 
But let's say it had the same internet, same quality internet. Should that work identically? Even though you're not in the same room as your PlayStation. You're Theoretically, yeah. Because this isn't about being in the room with the PlayStation. It's about being the, having the PlayStation on the internet and your phone being on the internet. Does the internet for your PlayStation 5 mean anything? Or is it the internet or the portal that means something? I don't know. And to that tech level, I would imagine both of them matter. Because, of course, it's what your PlayStation is sending up, up and what, they, uh, why, what you're bringing down. What I've always said, right, for um, uh, lauding uh, remote play is that when we were reviewing Concrete Genie, I went on some work trip or whatever, and on a lark, wanted to see. I tossed in my iPod, iPod tossed in my iPad, I tossed in a, Dual, a DualShock 4 and brought it. And I was floored how well it worked on hotel Wi-Fi, just normal-ass bullshit hotel Wi-Fi. So again, like, that's not... Eventually, it did get all, you know, pixelated, blocky, framey, and I think it might have crashed or whatever. But, like, I was shocked to be playing it and not being like, oh, move left. Okay, move right. Like, it, that didn't happen. It was... I was actually playing Concrete Genie, and the picture quality wasn't amazing. It wasn't, you know, the clearest image I've ever seen or whatever. But I was off to the races and doing it. So theoretically, yeah, you could bring project or <laughs> project portal playstation portal there and have it work that way of course though it's just the interest the thing of um you know wh- what it's like they're not selling it that way but i would imagine it that way so this is uh obviously a big question based on your one hour of play that you probably can't answer until you have much more experience with it but maybe you can you said you played returnal you said you played god of war obviously the premium optimal way to play some of those games would be on the biggest TV possible with no one distracting you and everything just freaking perfect. But do you see yourself only playing Diablos and things like that on this? Or do you see yourself, you know what? God of War 3, whenever it comes out, if I have two hours here, I'm okay playing it on this thing. That would be the hope. Again, like, you know, that's the promise of remote play. What I would say to go back to it is, you know, like there's... As always, when you talk about streaming, when you talk about cloud gaming, when you talk about remote play, there are different use cases in different games. Dead Island 2, a review I did this year, a lot of that was remote play next to gen up there to the point that when Grey's Anatomy is on, I think about Dead Island 2. It's very much like Super Mario World and uh, Pinkerton. Um, But I never, it was like, what would happen? This doesn't answer your question fully, I guess. But like when I was in the living room, I never had problems. It would be when I went to the bedroom that I would eventually, oh, starting to get a problem, and I would pause and let the internet kind of catch up and settle and then do sometimes disconnect or whatever. And what I ended up doing was putting an arrow uh, mesh one in our bedroom, and I haven't had that problem since. Yeah. So again, like that doesn't really answer your question, but it shows like, I don't think it was my internet's fault as much as the reach of my internet, my router for what I was trying to get to. But anyways, uh, yeah, I would play God of War on it. But again, I'm crazy. Like I would, I, tr- I would trophy hunt already on the backbone and do that stuff. And if the experience sucks, then I would stop. But yeah, usually I, I, it doesn't suck. But again, I'm not blessed. I'm not playing fighting games. I'm not out there like, oh, I need every frame to matter kind of thing. Yeah. So you've, you played a little Returnal, which yeah, is a bit more of, of twitchy and more reactionary. Like how, how was that? I didn't think it was as sharp visually as the game, which I, I think is to be expected. But I didn't notice a, oh, oof. Oh man, like I didn't notice a drag on my gun or something like that, right? It it, it was it returnal the way it should be. I didn't die in this game because of I couldn't I could I missed a shot or I missed a step or I missed a frame. That didn't happen. Okay, you know what I mean. And God of War looked great. It was the it was not a great. I could have played as long as I wanted. This isn't it. But the load they were giving me was when uh, the very beginning of the game you're on the sled and you confront somebody and fight on the sled or whatever. And that's where I was usually, I was really using the audio to listen in on it and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Astrobot felt good. Oh, I also played uh, Gran Turismo, which again, I'm not the racing guy, 
but as the not racing guy, it dro- I I said go right, I said go left, and you know it wasn't, it was, but it wasn't, you know, like I've had those moments. Like yeah. I'm not trying to make it out to be like every remote play I've ever done has been same magnifique. I was out there fucking in the old days trying to play Assassin's Creed Black Flag on the Vita from in Seattle, trying to play it on the PlayStation Four, and it was garbage. Like it did not work. It did not run. So, like, so the way remote play has gone is crazy, which only makes me think it's going to get better, which again, this device, I think PlayStation is really trying to be like, yo, this is an, uh, our, the way we're going to fight Xbox and xCloud and all that stuff is that we're taking this seriously. You don't need a switch. You don't need a switch PS5, right? One that you dock and do whatever on. You can use this, which of course doesn't work for an airplane, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Conversation. yeah absolutely. Uh, but again, focus products for what they, yeah. they are here. Um, Oh man, I had a question and it just is gone now. Um, give me one sec. Don't worry about it. I mean, I keep talking about how much I love this fucking thing and how much I w- wanted to play it last night. Like again, it was just such a heartbreaker to come back and like, all right, well, keep working on this review. I got it. I got okay. it. Okay. So remote play. I've dabbled. I've tried it. I've used it certain times. There's not use cases for me so far that the backbone has been the right solution. Sure. I'm very excited about this. I do think that this is going to you talking about Grey's Anatomy, me talking about Real Housewives with G. Like, I've been, I love my Switch, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. branded in Pokemon or, or playing, uh, like, simpler things there. I, I enjoy that. And the idea of being able to to do that and not for PlayStation games is very, very, very cool to me, especially on the, the Platinum grind, you know? Sure. I feel like this would uh, incentivize me to go for Platinums in games that I have interest in doing. But, like, I mean, Final Fantasy 16, I think, is a good example of, like, I, I can see myself, hey, maybe I am going to go for that platinum. I've done the majority of it, but there's a couple trophies. I'm like, I'm not going to dedicate that much TV time to this, but I could here. A big fear I've always had with remote play, though, is um, like it, it failing and it dropping. And sure. it's just like, like man, I, I did all this, this progress, and then it just crapped out on me. Have you had that experience on, in your backbone yeah, life? Yeah, of it? course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you lose connection, you just reconnect, and it's, it's where it is. So, I mean, like if you got... Left off and up. Like, I don't want to talk completely out of turn here because the problem is I'm coming back to it. I don't think it automatically... No, it will... I don't I don't want to speak out of turn. We, we should Google if... Because this is how rarely it happens and how it's never been an issue for me. Yes, I've had it drop. Yeah, like I said, I've hit the backbone button to try to o- open PlayStation, but instead I get kicked to the app and I come back in and reconnect. And I think I'm in a pause screen. I think it just treats it like a controller disconnect. And then, of course... You have your power settings on your PlayStation. You should at least of like if you like the internet went out and was gone, gone. The PlayStation would know to shut itself off. That there's been no input for a while on it and stuff like that. Like yeah. that, it's smart enough that way. If you, you set turn it on, it yells at you, huh? Then you turn your PS5 beep, on, beep, it beep. yells at you. Well, I was thinking more that you're remote. You're at the hotel or whatever, and you did it, or you fall asleep, right? And something like that happens that it would be able to like nothing's happening. I should turn myself off because that in the beginning days was more my fear yeah. that I would try to connect from a hotel. Lose it wouldn't be strong enough, but it would be strong enough to start the PlayStation, and the PlayStation's just on all week or whatever how long we've been gone for. Yeah, interesting. It's very interesting. It is, man. I'm excited about this. So now, question for you: prediction time because they didn't give a date on this. No. What's your prediction? Well, if I'm a betting man, I think pre-orders are opening this week. You know, they are maybe in a week. They're opening soon. I think they're announcing it at Gamescom, showing they name it Gamescom. Here's the price. Then pre-orders are yeah are lifting that day, the end of the week, maybe in a week, and then launch time. That gets interesting. Again, I'm so uh, tech has never been my thing. I would say November, mm-hmm. right? I would feel like you get it Early out November after Spider-Man, which sucks because I'd love to use it for Spider-Man. But after but you know it's going to be Spider-Man uh, Platinum Hunting. 
right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing all the, yeah, the side stuff and all the content for sure. 100% that's what it's going to be all about. But so it's like, I feel like you put it there so that you don't have a whole, you get it out by Black Friday so it can be under Christmas trees. You get it out after Spider-Man so you don't have to eat into your marketing buy for uh, Spider-Man and you can have the thing there. That seems right, right? Mm -hmm. That's when PlayStation 5 launched in November as well, right? I mean, you know, I've never been the date guy, but I'm pretty sure it did in 20. No, did it? No. Damn it. Yeah, man. How do we not know that? I, I've I've been that my, sounds right. Though. My entire fucking career, I've said I'm not the date guy or the number guy. Like I that I lived it. It happened. I re- reported on it. And I moved on to the next thing. November nineteenth, twenty twenty. So again, that seems like a good hardware spot. Get it out there, especially for something that I th- feel is like again, all the stuff we're talking about is as you said, enthusiast based. Mm-hmm. It is like oh, I'm I I have a use case for this. Oh, I really want to do it. Oh, blah blah. So. I feel you could drop it at any time and that kind of person is going to buy it. Again, you get the great word of mouth. If people do like it, it does work the way it should and the way it worked for me in the demo, right? Then maybe it gets under Christmas trees. Then maybe it goes, does, goes that way. But for round one, tip of the sword, if you're, you know already if you're going to buy this, I feel like. Yeah. You were just waiting here. It didn't run like trash. And it didn't run like Which trash. is important, man. Yeah. I think that's like incredibly important. I'm still of the wait for reviews side yeah, of this me too. One. Oh, me too. I mean, like, I shouldn't say that. Like, again, I was very clear on like, you, we're getting some for the office. You can take care of us because I'm going to want review units. So like we, we, you'll get review unit, at least one. We'll see what it is. And so it's like, I, if pre-orders go up, I might still buy one just to make sure that I'm taking care of yeah, them all. Yeah, yeah, but I again, I also don't compete. I'm really the remote play guy. So I don't feel like I have to compete with too many people here for the yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. I'll be yeah I'm, I'm extremely interested in this thing, but yeah, yeah I, it needs to work. If it yeah. doesn't work essentially flawlessly, it's not worth it, especially at a $200 price point for me. I feel like I can... Like at that, I mean, hundred is that like, oh my God, that's a no brainer. But I also understand with the pricing of everything. That's See, it's that thing awesome. for me where I, I, I don't doubt that it's going to work. I'm trying to fight off a sneeze like you have all week. Yeah. Um, again, my backbone and my steam deck already do so well for what I do, but I'm like, I just wish this was a real controller. That's I just, really, it. I just yeah. wish I had a better screen. I just wish I had a PlayStation. Mode. This checks all those boxes. But and so here's my problem with this: the yeah. Steam Deck has an incredible processor and is is designed as this like premium computing experience. We're talking about some of the the, the newest iPhones with like amazing uh, uh, M whatever chips, and yeah, yeah. stuff like. I love M chips. I. That's where it gets a little bit. I mean, I I, I don't know the exact uh, chips and all the stuff that that's in this thing, but like that to me is the big question. Like, I'm I, with you on the hardware in terms of feel uh, front of the controller, but what about the hardware of the tech side of being able to run this stuff? Because granted, it is cloud based, but you still need that power to make this thing sing. I asked point blank in a very long roundabout Greg way that I always not the show the hit show on Patreon.com/slash company uh, in a roundabout way of like yo like another yo. Uh, I'm always saying that I, my Steam Deck runs better than my iPhone, and my belief would be it's because the Steam Deck's doing this like in a dedicated way versus the iPhone's also getting text messages and notifications, yada, 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 yada. How does that trickle out here? And they were, they were very clear, like, we're not going to talk shit about either of those products or anything like that. This device is designed for this. This is what Side. it does. And they were like, I, I, we would, those other devices do other things. This is all this does. So you should have the best experience here. Yeah. And so, because even Steam Deck, right? Like, that's not like there's an actual Steam approved program, right? That's me backloading in the desktop mode, chikari.exe, that I then launched that then has a horrible UI that I, you know, I mean, like, there's all these things to do to get Mm -hmm. it to do what I want it to do. So even then, it's not like it's like, this is the Steam Deck talking right to my PlayStation the way Valve intended, Gabe approves. Like, 
that there is something else happening there, yeah. which I would hope that means that since this is all that's happening here, unless you're going to be one of these people that I guarantee goes in and hacks the oh, Android yeah. and that's, does the thing. That's like, different, man. That's homebrew stuff. And like, that's, that will happen yeah, <laughs> for of course. sure. Um, but I doubt it's going to be that um, fruitful for, for the people doing that. Because at the end of the day, it's like, this is not going to be a dedicated, the hardware is on it. So like, I, I don't think this thing's going to be emulating PS5 games. You get what I'm saying? Like, I do. I do. Anything close, but I'm very excited, Tim. Yeah, you got me. I, I'm stoked, man. And like, I'm, I'm happy that you're saying it works. And again, I think the most important takeaway from this is that you use this remote play every day. Yeah. So for somebody that you are the use case for this and you are walking away like, damn, I wish I had one right now. Yeah. It makes me feel really excited for this thing that I know a lot of people, myself included, looked at and were like, this could be and cool. And in the beginning, I was like, Oh, I got a backbone. Why would I want this? And then the more they talked to them, I'm like, oh man, you're actually making a compelling case for this. And so using it, yeah, they can have my 199. Yeah. Uh, you, ladies and gentlemen, can support us on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Over on patreon.com slash kind of funny, you can usually watch me and Blessing and Janet record this show live. Of course, you could always get it ad free as an MP3 in a YouTube video. You could watch the other podcast record live. You could get more than 300 bonus episodes of content. You could get a cool Trog shirt this very month. Wow. But guess what? You're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny. So here's a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all know life can be hard. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know from experience how often it just seems easier to care about others and keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends at use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. For more balance with BetterHelp, visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kind of funny betterhelp.com slash kind of funny this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate however it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the reese's because when you want something sweet you can't do better than reese's Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.
Tim? Mm-hmm. Again, we're way ahead of the game here. We can't do a this week in PlayStation. But I can say, Jay Maz writes in and says, is cloud gaming or PlayStation remote play a luxury service? I have a PS5 and good internet, but struggle to use remote play because even with extenders, playing in my bedroom has never gone well because of how my house is set up. To get to get into remote play so it's enjoyable to me, I either have to limit the type of games I play, parentheses, and those still don't run well, Slay the Spire, for example, or lay down extra funds not outside of buying a backbone, Project Q, etc. Do you think remote play and cloud gaming are ahead of their times and the extra costs and effort consumers have put into the use these services properly are keeping them from being standard enjoyment instead of a niche service? Yes. So these are a luxury service, but going back to the point I was making earlier, I feel like because of people's standards and expectations of tech, that that is going to more rapidly be not the case than um, in the past when it comes to the advancement of technology, sure. where it's all about expectations. And look at it. The, we didn't believe the switch could work when yeah. they first announced it or before they even announced it, when there was like the rumors of what it was going to be. And we're like, there's just no way it works that way. And then it just worked that way. And now the Steam Deck's out there and like people can expect things to work. Chromecasting, like the concept of being able to just stream something from your phone to a TV, from your uh, computer to a TV, all that stuff. You're like, ah, I'll believe it when I see it. And back then you had to buy dongles. You had to buy all the stuff. You don't need to buy dongles anymore. Like it's embedded in the TVs. It's embedded in the products that we have. That type of quick level of adoption, I think is going to uh, happen here. For, for a lot of this stuff. And we've been seeing it with internet, right? Yeah. Like how fast uh, the, the, the rate of expansion when it comes to what Wi-Fi even is, the amount of things you need for Wi-Fi to work, the introduction of mesh networks. And now it's not just, oh man, right here works for internet in your house, but nowhere else does. You have this dead for spot. a small uh, investment relatively to all this stuff, you can now get your entire house covered in Wi-Fi. If you invest more, you can do even more. I think that that is going to get even cheaper and cheaper for people to become more and more standard as uh, all this stuff is more and more uh, a requirement as opposed to a luxury. We look at smartphones over the last like, 10 years, the advancement that they've made, and what even these days, a low-end smartphone, it's still incredibly powerful and sure. allows you to do so many different things. But because of that, that is the lowest common denominator barrier to entry to people that things need to be designed for and expectations are designed around. And then everything else above that is trying to upsell you and like for the, the, the freaks out there. You like, freak. Motherfucking freaks. You know? um, but yeah, I, I feel like it currently is a luxury service and that uh, goes to the Greg Millers who are living luxury lifestyles. But it's like, you are playing video games and you have a specific use case that to you, that's worth it. That is a choice you're this making. This is worth $200 it, for sure. It is worth it to you. It is a luxury you want to not have to, to be able to, sorry, I spit a lot. I didn't uh, notice. To be able to, to keep playing your games while Grey's Anatomy is on. Yes, that's a luxury. But I think at a certain point, sooner than later, that's just going to be a standard expectation. 100%. I agree with you. I mean, there's very little to add, right? I think that PlayStation's commitment to it is showing that they're serious to it. And I think, you know, I, I've been very vocal about PlayStation VR 2 and how it doesn't feel like PlayStation's committed to it. I feel like this is the opposite side of that coin of like, hey, here's a really sexy device that we're not shoving down people's throats. This reminds me where a PlayStation VR 1. We're putting this out there for the consumer that gets it and wants it. We're not really, I mean, like, we think it's going to be important. We think the more people who see this are going to want this. I think 
when you go to a friend's house and they have it, I asked them like, are you planning like, you know, airport marketing stops and, and things? And they were like, we're not ready to talk about any of that or whatever. They didn't have any plans or that's not my department. Like once people get this in their hands and see it, I think not that it's going to be for everybody by any stretch of the imagination, but you'll come up with use cases pretty quickly. I think uh, because again, like for them with the headset to be like, we know how many people are scrolling TikTok or looking at Twitter or wanting to watch a show. Like God, when we were doing Diablo, me, Mike and Joey would talk about what show are you binging while you do this? Mm-hmm. They're aware of how gamers are using their products. And I feel like, this is the thing of like, rather than get on your, I, the amount of times I finish a TikTok binge, it's 45 minutes. I'm like, why the fuck didn't I do Diablo? Why didn't I just do that? I could have done 45 minutes of Diablo, cleaned out this X, Y, and Z. Like, I feel like when you start mixing it into your rotation that way, more people will see it. And I, I also think the, that it is important to point out that there are more gamers than ever. There are, are more ways to play games than ever. And gaming is aging, where it is not this new thing that just kids do and that it's weird if you're an adult playing games. It's expected if you're an adult, Chances are you probably play games. More and more people are having kids. That changes their life. That changes the way they get to play games. Sure. Giving them more options to be able to keep up with games and play games. I think that while this product wouldn't have made zero sense five years ago, I think it makes pretty good sense now, and it's only going to make more and more in the future. And that's the thing. The more and more and where we go from here. Uh, let's move on to PlayStation Picks. Picks, 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 picks. Thank you, Barry. Uh, of course, we are a week ahead. So the drop next week should be Immortals of Avium, WrestleQuest, and Armored Core 6. No, no slouches there. Of course, WrestleQuest, Jeff Jarrett cursed it, and it gets canceled and moved around all the time. So probably next week. We'll see what actually happens. Um, all of those are big games. All of those have been covered in some respect on Kind of Funny. Some of those will be covered soon on Kind of Funny Games Cast, I would imagine, available on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Podcast Services. Some of them already have been covered, like Immortals of Avium. Again, welcome to the Time Warp. This is something I've talked to you and pitched before of like, I got to figure out a way to do this as like maybe a Patreon thing. But like, I started Immortals of Avium last night. I had done the preview event, obviously, back in the day, but last night. So this, these are my impressions for, I'm on chapter five right now. By the time this posts, Monday's Games Daily should have had me come on and be like, yo, here's what here's I think, here's my review, here's the score. <laughs> so it's an interesting little time capsule to see how this evolved. Uh, you know, I had left the preview event and what I had said when people asked me about it, I was like, you know what? This is a game that we've all said looks generic as hell. It looks like, for, to me, Greg Miller, it's got, godfall color palettes and maybe some enemy design it's got uh first person magic the same way uh ghostwire tokyo did it's got the color and maybe uh, so many people want to be up on it about the cringe dialogue like forespoken and all three of those games were not home runs you know what i mean they were not the most well-received games but i think it's led to this one being like a eh, whatever I left the preview event and I said, all that set, I see all that. I know all that after playing it for whatever it was, two hours or three hours, I was like, I leave with the adjective endearing. There's something endearing about this game. You know, they, they pitched it, Ascended Studios. It's the first game. They pitched it as like, hey, this is like an MCU movie. That's what we're going for. It's this cool, bombastic thing. It's a hero's journey. Uh, you're going to be this new guy. You're going to be finding your powers, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, there's something here. And there's moments that didn't work for me. There's moments that really worked for me, blah, blah, blah. You know, Starting chapter five right now, I am excited to sit back down and play it tonight. Mm. I I think it, it the, the games, the knock I have against the game so far is twofold. Number one, again, I'm only five, five. This is my fifth chapter. Right now, they have a villain problem of like, 
Who's this fucking guy? What's he want to do? He, he looks like Lord Zed from fucking Power Rangers. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then they got this guy. I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I don't, I don't. And I think it stands out because your character, the cast you're with, they're so good. Like, I really am enjoying uh, the here. And I'm, of course, blanking on his name. It's something with an A. Uh, Avium. Avium. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Ash, but that's not right. It's something like that. I'm more Cameron Avium. Kennedy. You know, you could Google any second and just told me, but instead you just keep throwing people's names out. Uh, premise, Jack. Oh, That's what I'm Jack. Oh, Jack. Jack. With it, just J-A-K. Like Jack and Dexter. Anyway, so, um, no, I, his, they, the, well, the preview we had done dropped us in after the intro, like the prologue or whatever. And so playing through the prologue, I was like, damn, like, number one, this is a pretty game. I got a lot of comments from people out there watching me on the screen. Like, yeah, so game actually looks really good. Number two, great introduction to his character via the characters that surrounded him, his supporting cast. Where I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty, this is endearing. They feel like a good group and yada, yada, yada. And then whatever happens in that prologue and then move him onto his journey. Right. Again, I've talked before of the Sergeant he's running alongside and who's being trained and like, like, I am enjoying it. I'm excited to play more getting into the weeds last night of like, okay, cool. Like obviously there's skill trees and there's gear to go through and pick and upgrade and all that stuff. And really trying to commit to a build already of using the blue magic, which is more like the sharpshooter ability and stuff. Like I'm having fun. The combat is fun. Another, the, the other knock I have is it, right now. It feels a little bit easy. I'm on the default difficulty, the middle difficulty. I could go up, but I feel, I feel, I, the, the, they got a difficulty-based trophy list. I hate that mm. shit. So it's like, if I go up now, I'm not going to get credit for beating on the hardest difficulty. And I'm, I'm having fun being powerful because I fucking run in the room and I, you know, I lash the dude with my whip and bring him over and I'm shooting him and I throw up the wall and I throw it. I'm like, this is fun. Like, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm enjoying myself quite a bit. I feel like right now, starting chapter five, I'm excited for more of it, and I feel like it could catch people off guard of not a must-play, put down Skyrim, cool. put down whatever. So let's put it down there. With where you're at right now, are you looking at a three or four? Wow. On the kind of funny scale, or, know, or something else. Right now, knee-jerk gun to my head, I would think I'm currently leaning towards a four. Ooh. I think this is better than okay. I'm having a wow. better than okay time with this game. Cool. But again, I, I reserve my great. right to change it Monday. You go back and watch Games Daily on Monday. Maybe like, and then turned out in chapter five everybody was a nazi <laughs> you know what i mean i get it yeah i would, I would do Wouldn't it would be the first time yeah <laughs> but i'm excited to play more i'm excited to actually end That's this cool. podcast to go play hell yeah what have you played anything on playstation uh yeah i talked a little bit on games daily about stray gods uh, okay yes, I, i've yes, been yes. playing this on playstation so here i am on PSLWXOXO to talk about some playstation games um it's it's really it's cool it's nifty it's a unique idea it's a role-playing uh it's a it's like choose your own adventure type musical and the voice cast is utterly stacked. Uh, pretty much anybody that, that you can think of that is a voice actor in video games. Laura Bailey and Ashley Johnson on screen right now as their characters. Um, are, are in this. Um, Raul's in it. Janina's in it. Like it is. Troy. In, in, and Troy's in it. Everyone, everyone is here. Um, and it's very cool because of that. I feel like there's there's a lot of personality there. Uh, music by uh, Austin Wintory, who does uh, Journey and yep. all that. So there's like a great... Um, a vibe there, obviously. Um, the the style of it's pretty cool. It's kind of a a, a Hades looking thing as well, with uh, in terms of the the character art at least. Um, and it's dealing with the gods. So there's a lot of similarities there. A, a lot of thirst, a lot of sexiness, and all that. <laughs> um, and it's a musical, which I think is kind of a, a big swing that we have in, seen in, yeah. in video games. This is um, a smaller indie title, thirty dollars. Um, and the idea uh, is. 
they want you to play through multiple times and like have you finished it and, no okay. i haven't i'm about uh two hours two and a half hours in maybe and i don't know that i'm going to go back to it okay. uh, that that's the thing me and g were playing together um it's very cool and when it works well it's like oh man this is really really dope but i feel that uh more often than not it doesn't hit for me the way i would want a musical to hit and and things like that which um i do think is a a personal thing that this game is going to really resonate with the people it does Sure. Uh, I I often say about games like oh it's not for everybody it's like this I think is very much for a group and I feel like if you see this and are at all interested in it you should give it a shot because it very well could be for you I I think that a uh, an issue with it is the fact that you are choosing how the songs change yeah kind of makes the songs not sound as important or like complete okay. uh, even though they are it kind of just feels like um like freestyling in a way as opposed to like oh this is a a song that has purpose to it all and that is that that sounds a lot worse than i actually even feel about it but like bless brought up um that he doesn't think he's going to be listening to these songs as songs yeah yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. and that's something i care a lot about when it comes to musicals so for it to be a musical i'm kind of judging this as a video game and as a musical and i feel like on both sides i'm not really like riveted by it that was my experience too uh i played it one night got it you know, I was excited because obviously we know everybody and it's a really cool idea of a musical video game, choose your own adventure. Yeah. And I jumped in and I was like, oh yeah, the songs don't hit for me. It's also very much based in like gods, you know, Greek gods or, or Greek gods, Greek mm-hmm. gods. And I was just like, mm, eh. and I got, I got through a few of them. Like, yeah, this isn't going to be for me. I'm not, and I was, my hope would have been, and I, you can tell me if you know, and I haven't Googled around really or read many reviews. Like I was like, if this is only two hours, they want me to replay it that many times or something like that. Maybe I'll struggle through, but like, Nah, there's so much else to play right now. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's, I want to keep saying this, though, that if you're at all interested, I think it's worth a shot. Give it a shot. I, yeah, I yeah. think that it's going to, um, to to speak to people in a way that no game ever has. And and that I feel like the people that might like this game deserve that. Like, the, I love that this game exists, and I love that the people making it are the people that were. Like, I feel like there is a lot of heart and care put into this. Um, and it's, again, I think supporting unique things in video games, even if they didn't knock it out of the park, yeah. can be very important at times. And this it's a $30 game. I wouldn't be surprised if you can get it on sale pretty soon as well uh, in different ways. But just remember this one for when it's a, a downtime for you and you're like, ah, this that sounded cool. Not sure I'm going to love it, but I might want to give it a shot. I think it's worth playing for an hour and seeing if it's for you. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. That's another episode of PSI Love You XOXO. Remember, we're your PlayStation podcast, posting each and every week, usually on Friday, but you can usually watch us record the show live on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Of course, over there, you can kick us a couple bucks and get every episode ad-free. You could watch all the other podcasts live as we record them. You could get the stuff on demand and ad-free. You could get more than 300 episodes of exclusive content we've put up since October 2022 and so much more it's all on patreon.com slash kind of funny however if you have no bucks to toss our way no big deal like subscribe share leave a review all that jazz on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or podcast services around the globe maybe use that epic game code kind of funny when you're checking out when you're in Fortnite, rocket league or etc no matter how you consume the show or get it thank you for your support and until next time no it's been our pleasure to serve you